they are following an agenda called the 2030 agenda. These are these are restrictions and, and climate regulations that are that are imposed all over the world. So we're being hit hardest right now, and we might be the first ones. But it's very important for other people to know that they could be coming to you next. And what do you think Americans can take away from what's happening in the Netherlands? Well. I from a Dutch perspective, I would say that Americans should be very happy that they have a Second Amendment and that you should protect that with all your all your strengths. Ava Vlaardingerbrook, thank you so much. Thank you. Is in strings. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. Should we tell them? Should we not tell them? So you keep it like play it cool. Whether it's Saturday or Sunday, is it Saturday or Sunday? I guess you're we have watching to tell them on now. Sunday. I have to tell Sunday. Them. <laughs> no. Hey, welcome to it. We're no uh, a special Saturday night episode. If you're watching back on Sunday, we're doing this for you right now tonight on Saturday. We wanted to give you guys a Sunday show. Uh, but we are going to be at the uh, Sheepdog Trials in Lexington. The Bluegrass Classic. We went on awesome. Thursday. It was super fun. Mm -hmm. Why are we going tomorrow? Or today it. for those that are watching on we're Sunday. We're going to see uh, a double lift. We're going to see the sheep, the top 20 dogs go get 10 sheep and 10 sheep and then get them together and then cut five away. I want to I see it, so I'm excited. Uh, but we... We uh we have tons of news and we skipped a week and there's no way I can go another week without you doing the world news. It's not right. It's not it's not good. It ain't right. Taint fitting. Taint, taint proper. Taint proper. We gotta do it, guys. There's so much going on in the world and we gotta cover it. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? I are you talking about the computer? No, you. I didn't say anything. No, that's what I'm saying. You didn't say anything. Like we're gonna talk about more Dutch farmer stuff. They're doubling down on confiscating these farms. Okay, who's doing a show tonight, Michelle? We're going to talk about the Bilderberg meeting, the secret meeting of 2023, and who's going to be there. I honestly, Michelle is on for the ride. So, <laughs> this is maybe I'm going to learn go. everything that you guys learned today. Oh, conspirator. <laughs> Go conspirator. <laughs> it's been a long day. You know what happened? So you were outside and we were, yeah. we were, we planted a bunch of plants today, a lot of flowers mm -hmm. and all that jazz and, um, came inside. We come ready to hunker down for the evening. And Leah's like, you ready to do the show? And I'm like, what show? I forgot about the show. So here we are, folks, show. Oh, sure. You can go. You can go take a break. Little slap like happy. To, no, I'm good. Go. I wouldn't miss this for the world news. All right, let's dive right in. Uh, you guys, we've been covering Ukraine, obviously. Wait a minute. 
I just got really bad news right before we came on here, which is not really bad news, but I, it is worth mentioning here on the show. Thankfully, someone was able, and I've always wondered about this, someone was able to get into Bill Burnett's Facebook and tell us that he passed away on the 8th and his memorial services tomorrow. So Bill Burnett is a very long time wow. resistance chicks viewer. Somebody he was got one of the original It's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth. I mean, he has been peddling truth for decades. He was there when Bobby Kennedy was shot. All right? He we have fair winning crocheted things hanging in our foyer. It's not a very big foyer from Bill that he made. And they one says Michelle and one says Leah. I mean, Bill is the man. I send him a Christmas card every year. Bill is just awesome. So I just wanted to take a moment and let you guys know about our friend Bill. He had done a an incredible drawing of JFK. JFK, a compilation of different pictures, and he did it in, in pencil. It's in the JFK Museum. And he gave us a print of it, which we were able to give to um, Barry Jones, Uncle Barry, the author of Treasonous Cabal, um, because JFK he is actually his life, started crying. life's work. We gave it to him, yeah. So I literally, I was going through my Facebook, and I just saw that. And so I, and you guys don't know who Bill is, but why is it worth it? For, first of all, Lee and I have to mention it on our show because Bill meant so much to us and we meant a lot to Bill, but also for you guys to know that when you become a part of the resistance, resistance chicks family, you're part, you're in, you're in man. Bill was in and Bill's been with us for Bill a long time. Bill has been with us since the beginning. He uh, was one of our first people to donate to us and he has been battling cancer. We've been praying for him and his family. Yeah. I think he uh, has two sons for, so a praying while. for them. He uh, gave us um, a couple books. And um, one specifically on... He's the ultimate red pill dude. Yeah, the Federal Reserve. He sent us a book on IG Farben. And he would, in the 70s and 80s, before the internet, he held meetings like we did podcasts. Yeah. And he wrote us and he said, I want to encourage you guys as the next generation to carry on what I have been trying to do my whole life. And so, uh, Bill is a Christian and he is not dead. A minister. He's a minister. He was a pastor. Um, Bill, we'll see you. Look how dirty your hands are. I thought I cleaned Look them. At, no, you didn't. I did. But it's not, well. Whoa. We're going to keep our, our fingers dirty. We're going to keep going and on the grind. Um, Bill's family, uh, my condolences to all of you. But just know that he's not dead. He is a Jedi. He is continuing to do what God Jedi. has called him to do. Strike him down. He is more, more powerful than ever. He's seated with Christ. I know his pain is gone. And Bill, we will complete the mission. Yeah. We will complete what you were called to do, the baton that you have passed on to us. And we will continue to um, do what you were called to do. Amen. And, yeah. And now, granted, he's been with Jesus for like 12 days now. I But they just posted about it today. They finally got into his Facebook and were like, hey, wait, his memorial's tomorrow. If anybody's local, he lives in Oklahoma. 
anybody locally wanted to go, they could go. So that's why they posted it. Mm, I would, if I was closer, I would go. Bill meant a lot to us. 100%. And uh, we're going to miss Bill. We hadn't, we haven't heard from him for a while because he hasn't been doing well. Right. But Bill is one of our, our most He's, ardent supporters. I mean, yeah. I've never, we, we, we have very, there's a few of you that are like, in it to win it yeah with resistance chicks and bill was one of them i mean he was constantly sending us stuff he made aprons for us with our names on them i literally have towels in my kitchen hanging on my stove right now that he made like the yeah. kind that have they look like little dresses just mm -hmm. absolutely adorable and they got the towels They're, i use them every day we've got pot holders made for, by him yeah he's super cool pretty cool all right all right so now back to the world news all right so russia's wagner group um after a very odd plea openly to Russia saying we're just going to pull out unless you unless you give us enough ammo. Mm -hmm. Mom made a pot pyramid. <laughs> That's hilarious. That Mom cleaned a bunch of pots. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so I I don't know if it was a little bit of a psyop or not, but it seems like. Uh, Russia's mercenary Wagner chief has claimed Saturday today that his forces have fully captured the key Donbass city of Bakhmut. However, Ukrainian defense officials have refused to concede defeat, saying that uh, the fight continues. While Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky is globetrotting around the world, going to the G7, we need more money, we need more bombs. But is he traveling in the sweatsuit? Yeah. It's like a, like a little tracksuit. Yeah. yeah, he's attempting to uh, shore up uh, Western support for his war effort at the G7 meeting in Hiroshima, Japan. Uh, a key Ukrainian holdout may be f um, falling. According to the um, Wagner boss of Russia's private army, the city of Bakhmut fell to his forces today after one of the longest and bloodiest battles of the war in Ukraine, which... We have, we seem to have no video of, we seem to have no pictures of. Is we, it really happening? You know, listen, it's not just the conspiracy theory if it's the truth. However, it does make you wonder that, you know, I've lived through some wars. I am old enough to have lived through some war. I remember when there was like... so much footage of every stinking war that was ever a stinking war. Where's the footage of the stinking war? Uh, we have more technology now than ever. And if you were trying to prove your point, wouldn't you have some war footage? Like, where's the 60 minutes? Where's the, uh, where is it? Like somebody, like, I, I don't see any footage. It's nowhere to be found. So how do I believe it, anybody? It's supposedly the the fighting has been uh, about 200 days. Today at noon, Bakhmut was fully captured, he said in a video published on his Telegram and translated by the Russian uh, state media RT. We've taken the whole city, every building, so that nobody could say that we didn't capture some small part of it. Um, Prigozhin, how do you say it? Prigozhin, Prigozhin said that his group of Wagner mercenary fighters would remain in the city until Thursday before handing over control to the Russian Ministry of Defense. He added that his soldiers would then take a period of rest and recuperation after months of heavy fighting in what he dubbed the Bakhmut Meat Grinder. The uh, Wagner uh, boss went on to personally address Zelensky, saying, without sarcasm, that Ukrainian soldiers have fought bravely and fought well to defend the city. Today, when you see Biden, kiss him on the top of the head and tell him I said hi. 
What the heck? That's got to be a weird translation, right? He joked in reference to the G7 meeting in Japan that Zelensky is currently attending alongside Biden. However, despite the definitive claims of victory from the Wagner boss, uh, Ukrainian officials have so far denied that their forces were fully defeated. Heavy battles are ongoing in Bakhmut. The situation is critical. At the same time, our troops hold the defense of the Litkat district, um, said their deputy minister of defense. Speaking to the Associated Press, um, not going to pronounce this guy's name. He's a spokesman for Ukraine's Eastern Command. Also denied uh, Prigozhin's guys put in the chat however i'm saying this wrong saying that it's not true our units are fighting in bakhmut ahead of the declaration from the wagner chief there were indications from british intelligence that russia was planning on doubling down on its push to capture the city after reportedly being forced into an embarrassing retreat earlier this month during which the wagner group um leader had complained of lack of ammunition recovered that According to the UK's Ministry of Defense, it is believed that over the past four days, Russia redeployed several battalions to reinforce their efforts in Bakhmut. Um, the, uh, with Russia likely maintaining relatively few uncommitted combat units in Ukraine, the redeployment represents a notable commitment by the Russian command. Russia's leadership likely con- uh, will continue to see capturing uh, Bakhmut as the key immediate war aim, which would allow them to claim some degree of success in the conflict so that's where we're at now i do have something else out of ukraine which is surprising to no one including me the head of ukraine's supreme court has been arrested for large-scale corruption now my question is who's doing the arresting because they're all corrupt okay are you uh, to me when i see now anything that comes out of ukraine is suspect Okay, could be he was corrupt, could be you had a pot calling the kettle black, could be they're just trying to get him out of the way, because, so Diane on Facebook says they banned reporters, and that should tell you something. Yeah, yeah, if you want to, if you want to get somebody behind you, wouldn't you have, you know, at least do a little bit of the uh, stuff they're doing in Syria with the, you know, the chemical weapons, you know, crying children and stuff you want people William to be says, on your side they've been banning reporters on the southern border of the united states mm. all right yet another large-scale corruption scandal that has come out of ukraine is the country's national anti-corruption bureau and the specialized anti-corruption prosecutor's office have announced significant action taken against the highest court in the land they have exposed large-scale corruption in the supreme court in particular a scheme to obtain undue advantages by the leadership and judges of the supreme court the anti-corruption bodies announced on their official social media channels Tuesday. It's a huge embarrassment given this is the highest legal body in the land and the nation's top judge interpreting and upholding the law. The watchdog bodies stated they have documented the head of the Supreme Court receiving $2.7 million bribe. An anti-corruption official revealed in a national press briefing at the head of the Supreme Court that the head of the Supreme Court... Um, Nezev has been arrested on suspicion of accepting bribes. 2.7 million was seized in a raid on the top judge's home. At this time, the head of the Supreme Court has been detained and the measures are being taken to check other individuals for involvement in criminal activity, the statement further said. Yes. Let me tell you something. Can, what you got to do when you read these words. Nah, 
You got it. It's like reading the Bible. You got to read it fast and with confidence. Knizif. And no one Knizif. will know. Knezev. 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 I bet it's Knezev. Yeah. Who was the equivalent? So? I bet the K is silent. It's got to be Knezev. Just read it fast and Who was the equivalent of the Supreme Court just the Supreme Court's chief justice? Uh, has, uh, has, was, come on guys, that, uh, that's not me, that's in the article, was elected to the position in October of 2021, has, was, he has, was, he has <laughs> since been removed by a special session of other judges with a no confidence vote. Further reports in Ukrainian media suggest that additional judges might be raided and arrested amid the ongoing corruption probe. Now, do you, this is me. There's this money, there's this pile this pile of money. Mm. I take nothing for face value in Ukraine anymore. I do not believe that there is a anti-corruption bone in Ukrainian government body. Okay? So if 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 this judge was truly corrupt, I that's gonna be something. Okay? It's so like the what? mob boss taking down another mob boss. <laughs> That's the way I see it. If, so, if he was corrupt. So you've got this pile of cash. Mm. It's money. It's like it's U.S. dollars. It is, is that... U.S. dollars. So who's paying him in U.S. dollars? That's a good question. All right, let's go to China for a moment. So we had a young man stay with us. Chi. Um, he was on a bicycle trip around we the country, and he came to know Jesus afterwards. It was really great. Why he loved me so? Why he loved me so? Well. We talked to him about China's one-child policy, and that was before they changed it to a two-child policy, mm-hmm. okay? And they did. They've since changed it to a two-child policy. Now they're encouraging people to have kids. Well, he, he kind of laughed and said that if you are a government official, he's like, there really isn't a one-child policy because all you have to do is pay a little extra money and you're good. And especially, he also laughed and said, because his parents were in the government, that they got away with a lot of stuff. Sure. Okay? But... That being said, once you kind of sterilize everybody and you go down to one child and in addition, because boys were uh, seen as better because you needed a son to take care of you, they would abort all these girls. And there's a lot of men out there who can't find a, find a spouse because they have legitimately done the stupidest thing you can do. That communists are just, communism is stupid. Uh-oh. Okay. Because what you do in communism, if you go down to one-child policy and you recognize that all your people are killing off one gender, mm-hmm. okay, you are going to have a problem in the this future. This is how you annihilate your people. Exactly. When you don't have enough, you don't have enough people to, 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 to you don't have, they don't have enough girls, okay, uh, to marry. And it's crazy. So China has launched a nationwide program to encourage people to marry and have more children. They, they encourage girls to be very independent, to not really get married, to not have kids, right? And so now they're trying to create this new new thing here. And this is the problem. This is the whiplash. This reminds me of what happened in, the, uh, in, in, in Britain or England at the time when it was Protestant and then Catholic. And now I'm Protestant and then mm-hmm. I'm Catholic. I don't you're not supposed to have kids you don't really want to get married now we want you to get married like these are the kind of forces that you can't just force people into in a gener like in one generation unless like you do it forcefully like what they've done what they did in china was kill off all it, what 
communists do is they kill off all the intelligent people and then they you know in china they force sterilized people they force people to have abortions and then they convince them to only have one kid and now they're having demographic issues and fearing demographic collapse they have to swing this is this is why extremes are always bad okay this is why trying to control people is always bad extremes are always bad um and i see this right now with feminism it's kind of swinging back the other way to where it's like like hating women it's very strange um where there's a balance of marriage and loving each other men loving women women loving men fearing demographic collapse china's launching a new nationwide program to build a new era uh marriage and childbearing culture you can't just you can't just control people this way people aren't like animals Officials said the venture will focus on tasks including promoting marriage and having children at appropriate ages, encouraging parents to share child-rearing responsibilities, and curbing high bride prices and other outdated customs. The reference to high bride prices is a Chinese custom whereby the family of the groom gift the bride's family a large financial contribution we gotta make this called a kali. Cheaper. Young women in China are now being urged to sign pledges where they promise not to demand a kali from the groom. Whoa, hang on, wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna take on this Chinese custom. China Family Show Planning. me the money. Association Vice President Yao Ying, uh, thank you at least for having easily pronounced names mostly in China, uh, said the policy is expected to take innovative and proactive measures to help foster childbearing friendly atmospheres and to contribute to advancing Chinese modernization with the support of the high quality development of the population. According to the current projections, China's population is likely to drop below 1 billion by 2080 and below 800 million by 2100. Uh, demographic, demographer, demographer, he, you, Yafu, told Global Times, the society needs to guide young people more on the concept of marriage and childbirth and encourage young people to get married and have children. Here's, hang on, pause right there because this is really interesting. For so long, the culture has been trained away from focusing on family that they're yeah. having to retrain this into people. This is insane. Chinese municipal governments are making an effort across the country to hold job fair-style events where they hand out quick and easy marriage licenses. Get out of this should have been a whole show by to itself. To encourage couples to tie the knot in order to address the low willingness to marry and have children, given the financial burden now places on couples. China's new policy is a far cry from its notorious one-child policy uh, that was introduced in 1980. This uh, The approach is a massive contrast to Western nations, which are relying on immigration influxes. In the UK, Dr. Paul Moreland warns that white British children are likely to become minority in primary schools by the year 2060. This is insanity. This is fascinating this to is, me. This is fascinating. This is fascinating to me. It's it's kind of hard to to kind of grasp the the turnaround here by China. I think it's encouraging. You know why? Because it just goes to show you that all of the all stupidity gets recognized at some point they'll you find shoot out yourself in the foot they'll find enough out times you might be a one-footed man or that yeah so i've got a, a neil oliver clip here if you bring this up uh this is got stephen shaw on neil oliver talking about birth gap the childless world documentary talking about collapsing populations around the world hmm 
I will find it. No. You this not this window. Close this out. We don't want this window. This window is the wrong window. I don't have a way to open the other window. They're just just all but this Samsung, the same thing. It should be the Samsung device. So you close out that and then just open the one right there. Okay. Close that window out. Okay, this one right here? Yeah. There. All right. So where's Neil? Neil's, it's going to be the fourth one to the fourth one. One over. One more. There we go. All right, now hang on a second. I'll switch to him in a second. Let's do this. Yeah, because it's it's populations around the world. It's very interesting. The uh, the collapse because what what it what it means is you're gonna have less people to take care of the older people. Okay, yeah. let's press play. Sally says it's also spiritual manipulation, the spirit of witchcraft. It is. It is because marriage is supposed not supposed to be manipulated by the government. By right. the way, no, we've been bombarded with the idea that there are too many people alive on the planet that the survival of our species depends on significantly cutting our numbers in some way at some point, probably beginning right now. There is, however, another school of thought. Among others, Elon Musk of Tesla, SpaceX and Twitter fame has said the greatest challenge facing our species is not overpopulation, but total worldwide population collapse. As part of the necessary conversation, filmmaker Stephen Shaw has made Birth Gap, Childless World, in which he invites us to contemplate that most of the world's countries face a future in which care homes are full beyond capacity with the elderly, while the playgrounds and primary schools are all but empty of children. Take a look at a clip from the film. Coming from the world of data science, I felt I understood populations are going up and that that's a problem. When I saw what was actually happening, I couldn't sleep. I think that the biggest problem the world will face in 20 years is population collapse. Collapse. I agree. This four-year project took me to 24 countries and over 230 people were kind enough to give me an hour of their lives. How could it be that suddenly countries are having so few children? I needed to go and find out. And Stephen joins me now. Stephen, I watched the first hour of the film. That's what I had time for when I was doing some background research. And I, was, I found it utterly harrowing, jaw-droppingly upsetting. In a nutshell, what do you think is happening to world population? Well, if you look at the world today, 70% of people live in a country where there's, they're having less than two children per, per mother, below what we call replacement level. It means that whilst our attention might go to places like Africa that are having more children, the reality for most of us is we've got a very different future ahead of us. And why we're not talking about it is the reason I made the documentary. It's quite shocking when you look at numbers like Japan, Germany, Italy, that really, um, as you say, lead to harrowing stories about people's lives. I, I watched and so much of what I found so upsetting was one person after another, mostly women, shrugging their shoulders almost. At, at how it had this had this childlessness had happened to them, and and people speaking on behalf of society in the full knowledge that that fertility or population numbers were collapsing around them, and it was just a don't know. Well, I, I find that a lot with younger people in particular. I call this unplanned childlessness. Eighty percent of people in most of these countries have ended up childless despite originally planning to have a family, and most of us don't know that. And many of these women, men too, are suffering deep personal grief as to how 
and I know people listening to this tonight will relate to this, and it is a harrowing story. For those people, of course, who don't want children, that's fine. I'm supporting people who, who don't want. But what we've got is people, I think, who, who drift into this. And whether that's societal or personal, that's part of the conversation I want people to be having. You know. Where in the system, where in the process is the childlessness coming in? You know, I mean, I've got, I've got three kids. My, my brother-in-law's got three kids. You know, there's a lot of people around me and I see them having families. So where is the, this bubble of nothingness coming? Where is it? Well, um, I think society to, today is engineered for people to have children in their 30s, not in their 20s. Mm -hmm. But yet one of the data points I found is that for those people, those women who do, do, who do not have their first child by age 30, there's only a 50-50% likelihood they will ever become a mother. And most people find that quite shocking. When I asked people through a survey, what age do you think it becomes 50-50? The most common answer was 40. Mm -hmm. So there's a misconception really in terms of both the shortening of the fertility window, but there's something else. The biggest single reason is not having a partner at that right time. You know, people think, okay, I'm 33, I'm 35, I'm ready, but they don't have a boyfriend, girlfriend, or they've gone through a divorce and people don't factor this in. So there are so many people and the rest of the documentary goes into this in quite a lot of detail, emotional detail of people who are saying, where's my Prince Charming? Mm -hmm. um, oh. Jasmine, how do you react to, to this? Well, I, I was, you, you've mentioned Japan, Germany, Italy, and, and I did know about Japan particularly having, having um, this population crisis, essentially, and also Italy. But these are very different countries, yes. and, and I, particularly Italy is a surprising one. It's a Catholic country. You expect Catholic countries yes. to produce more children. Did you get any reasons, whether the same reasons or, or very different reasons? Well, this is the most remarkable thing. And what drew me to this mm. initial analysis I did was to find out what the connection was mm. between these different countries. And it turns out in 1974, the year of the oil shock, both Japan and uh, Italy at the exact same time had this sudden increase in childlessness. Yet family structure didn't change at all. Mothers who are having one, two, three, four, the percentage of those mm. actually hasn't changed for decades. Mm. Childlessness rocketed around times of financial uncertainty. Yeah. And I think what happened, or what does happen, because it happened at the time of the mortgage crisis as well in, mm. in the mm. States and elsewhere, 07, 08, people delay parenthood. And probably for good reasons, there's uncertainty. Mm. But then we enter this window where, you know, fertility falls off much more quickly than we but, think. But there's always, there have always been bad times for societies. Yes. And yet this would, appar would appear to be unprecedented yes. and it's global. Yes. So something, you know, people have all, we've always hit crashes and hard times, you know, 1929 stock market crash and all the rest of it. Yes. What's so different globally What's that's driving a global collapse? Well, it's a great question. I think societal norms have changed in a way that they couldn't or didn't change in the past. And I think the idea that we can continue working. I mean, people study hard these days. That's a good thing. Women's education, that's a good thing. But then you need to develop your career. And that wasn't the case necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, a generation or two ago. So you need to invest time in doing that. Yeah. And then you're 32. Is there a way back? I mean, there's a sense in the, in the programme that we've, we may have crossed the point of, gone beyond the point of no return. Well, in a sense we have, we, we'll never go back, and, and the UK too, by the way, you know, we have a 20% birth gap in the UK. If you take the number of people aged 50 compared to the number of newborns, this country is on a downward trend that we haven't actually noticed yet. Is there hope? There is. The hope comes from when I've shown the documentary to younger people. When I see, and I just had this at Cambridge this weekend, Cambridge University cancelled my documentary because some people think this is a dangerous subject. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> well, it is a dangerous <laughs> Well, you know, it was quite it's shocking to me. It's challenge. Yes, but some people felt other students shouldn't listen to this. But those who came to me yeah. to talk about it, you know, their eyes are opened and saying, well, actually, we didn't know this. Yeah. And I think younger people will help societies change to make it easier, whatever that means, to start a family younger. But that, that's the only solution here. Mm, so you Steve, do see um, in Hungary and Poland and actually in Italy, they are, their governments are all have incentives to have more children to where in, I think in Poland, if you have, it's either Poland or Hungary, if you have three or more kids and you never pay income taxes again, yeah. your college gets paid off, you're getting, um, I believe three or more kids, you get like a down payment for a house in Italy. Like they're really trying to, um, you know, increase their, um, population. their population. Now you do see like in Germany, um, they, they're ready to have, you know, kind of a population replacement, but it's not really working as well uh, with the young men of, you know, young men, single men coming in from Africa as, you know, here in America, there's a lot of Mexicans and South Americans who come up and they're doing just as good of a job putting on roofs and But they're not marrying Americans. And, no, but they're just filling the, 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 the the gap where you would say, hey, we need more people to fill these positions. Yeah, but at, at some point, it, 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 you have to be having children. So if you've got these workers from South America up here and their families are at home and they're not making babies up here, whether you're American or not, the population is on a decline. And here's how we know this. Not only because of the data points, but he said something that was so like, I've really never given it any thought but replacement numbers. So you've got two people that make two children. Mm -hmm. Your population doesn't grow at those numbers. Right. Your population actually starts to decline because of the people that are not having children, right? Not everybody's having children. So you need people to have three or four children well, I think for your population he didn't, to maintain or grow. Well, what he didn't talk about, and that's kind of to what I was talking about, you, you can still have Mexicans come in to run the care homes. He's saying that um, if you don't have children and grandchildren, mm -hmm. then who's going to take care of you? And right. more than that, um, these nursing homes are going to be filled with a bunch of people without a lot of family. Yeah, uh, and who's going to take care of them? No, it's devastating, actually. And but I, I, I don't know that I agree a hundred percent with his prognosis for why people I'm are not having I'll, children. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Number one, if he's if he's pointing to 1974, mm -hmm. he's pointing to the year of uh, 1978, really, when when abortion was legalized mm -hmm. in America. Yeah. Okay. So. He, I don't know if his documentary is going, you know, I think we're at 50 million children were aborted. Right. Where it was illegal to abort those kids. Mm -hmm. So it's, and I, I see what he's saying about the childlessness, but for a, a obviously for a, how many, for 50 million times, mm -hmm. women said, I don't want to have this child. Let's kill it. So it's not, there are, uh, there are many stories of women who are in their 40s and 50s who wish that they had a family, who wish they had a partner. But we're looking at abortion numbers. I'm, I'm thinking so, we're looking at abortion numbers in, and birth control. So before, before abortion, you have birth control, whereas our people still, people are still sleeping together. Mm -hmm. People are still having sexual relations, which automatically produces children so right. these women 
that are waiting to have children, this childlessness, they're not these, they're not plump, you know, happy, healthy virgins. These are women who aborted their children or who were on birth control. And that is, that's the issue. People probably having more sex than people before. Um, and they were waiting until I got my career in place and I have this super partner before I actually allow my body to bring forth a child that I have already created. These women have already created millions of children all over the board. In, you know, in, in, in Catholic Italy, birth control is a big thing. In Japan, I'm sure birth control is a big thing. In all of these nations, you've got to realize that when you introduce artificial means of controlling the population, just like in China, you're going to get skewed numbers. Well, and I have, I have, so I'm 100% on board with all of that. I want to also introduce and talk about some of the other factors that are at play here. Okay. From a societal standpoint, um, it's not just careers. It's, it's a whole mindset that men don't need women and women don't need men. We literally don't need each other. Yeah. You don't have to get married. Before we needed people, we needed each other, we had to get married. Now we don't have to. So that's to me one of the when biggest you're issues. Saying need, you're, you're saying need beyond uh, physical pleasure. Because no, I they mean obviously like uh, 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 we have to run a household together. Because like, men and women are, are still having much sexual relations. <laughs> yes. But they're not making they're not making that a permanent deal, right? They, but, but the other aspect of this all all of this is actual fertility in at at any age, mm -hmm. not just in your thirties, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have had family members, we have had friends. There you is know, there is th that th you people just cannot get pregnant. Yeah, it is it is so much more difficult to get pregnant now. Yeah. than it ever was before. And, that, you know, and that's been going on for decades. You know, it doesn't seem to be have a problem with poor people in the country. They seem to be okay. Uh, you know what? They must be the food that they eat. And that's what I wanted to talk about, whether it's the food or actually using birth control. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that birth control is one of the biggest hampers on your fertility, mm -hmm. bar none. You know, this kind of goes with an interesting story uh, over here that I have for Breitbart. The... Uh, it, this headline says this traditional family life is a completely fringe view, even within the conservative Tory party in the UK. Uh, that's from Matt Hancock. Like, wow. so when you've got the idea that, um, we need to, we can have a straight up, we need to have a, a, a resistance tricks sex talk. Okay. <laughs> that would get all the views. That would literally get all the views. The notion, because what 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 they what people have done with birth control and abortion, yeah, is they have decoupled sexual relationships from marriage. Right. And when you decouple sexual relationships from marriage, then people know. A lot of people know you really do need to be married to have a kid. Yeah, a lot. And, and people are. But here's the thing: people are having kids outside of wedlock. Mm -hmm. But really, by and large, it's this idea that this conservative. Um, view of marriage which is basically the view of marriage for all healthy societies since the beginning of time yep. is fringe and that's so weird so he says the notion the government might support or even encourage normative families as a building block of civilization is so offensive so wrong says matt hancock the former conservative government minister who was uh the chief cheerleader of britain's coronavirus lockdown now 
forgive me if I'm wrong, but I do believe you guys correct me in the chat. Matt Hancock was the one who broke his own yes. coronavirus lockdown rules because he, this is a sicko guy. This guy is sick in the head. He does it. He's a swinger. This guy is a swinger and he thinks that normative, oh, all of you, you are all prudes to believe that you should just uh, be married and stay to, with one person. He is a sicko. How has he banished this man to an island already by himself? Matt Hancock, the George Osborne protege, who was the United Kingdom's health minister during COVID, whose zeal for imposing lockdowns on the country only was, was only matched by his lust for breaking them to cheat on his wife of 15 years, has responded with anger at the idea the Conservative Party, party might stand for conservative ideals. Margaret Thatcher was very much into to conservative family ideals. Mm -hmm. And he was, she was against feminism. She actually promoted women staying at home yeah. and taking care of her family. The ex-conservative minister invoked the king, uh, whose marriage had publicly failed at the time of the death of his first wife in 1997, as proof the government shouldn't support traditional families whatsoever. He, sa he said, per the Telegraph, I don't want to hear it again. It is so offensive and it's so wrong. I mean, uh, tell that to the king. He doesn't have a normative family and he has absolutely a strong basis for society. That king had an affair. That king caused his wife to be bulimic. That king, when she gained like two pounds, was like, hey girl, you need to lose some weight, fatty. That king said, did not appreciate that she was a virgin, saving herself for marriage. But that king said that she didn't know what to do to his little stupid wee-wee. Okay, but that other girl, Camilla, knew what to do. That, that witch hag... Okay, an adulterous affair sitting on a throne is an abomination. It's an abomination. He's not a king of anything. And she certainly is a queen. She's a queen ho. We wrote a song about that. She's a ho, ho, ho. Ho. Ma'am, she's a home wrecker. And she's ugly. And they're both ugly. <laughs> Diana was beautiful. <laughs> These people are ugly. Have you seen Charles? He's an ugly fool. And Camilla looks like a hag. She always has. All right, and let me read some comments here. We've got, um, Sherry says, they need the kingdom message. They would have more babies. We need to impress the future generations to go back to God's way. Well said. Lori says, pushing the trans movement will lead to this. Uh, Frank says the pandemic goal was elimination of the elderly. Sally says this is fascinating. Followers of Jesus know that having children is part of populating the earth, manifesting the kingdom. So as God has been pushed out of society, it correspondingly resulted in less children. Very well said. Sherry says we would probably be over 9 billion people worldwide without abortion numbers. Can you imagine how the transgender agenda will decrease numbers too? Diane says, after stopping birth control, many many women had miscarriages in their first pregnancy. Absolutely. That is a huge, there's a huge number. All right. So Matt Hancock, the ex-conservative minister invoking the king said, and don't try to give it any impression other than it's completely fringe view within the conservative party. Now, if you scroll down, um, you do have a um, Danny Kruger at the National Conservative Conference here in the UK, there in the UK, talking about the normative family, mom, dad, this is good. The normative family held together by marriage 
by mother and father sticking together for the sake of the children and the sake of their own parents and the sake of themselves, this is the only possible basis for a safe and successful society. you can stop that there are by no means unusual for the man who were he not presently suspended from the party he went on a reality television show i guess to try to make himself look cool or whatever he actually was kicked he's suspended right now trying to be cool uh hancock says it's necessary to save the party because becoming centrist is the only way to win elections actually that's not true did you see what happened when um Nigel Farage went on the a bender there and won everybody over to the Reform Party. Yeah, you did a great job. And and actually, your country is incredibly conservative. Oh yeah, you gave the Tories ran on a platform of this this conservatism, mm -hmm. anti EU, Brexit, family. They won so many seats. They got like a seventy seat majority. It was a uh, it was a runaway mandate for conservative policies and matt hancock how is he even in in office this kid is a i'm gonna i have british words in my head and i know that they're no good so you i'm not gonna say use them. them don't say them all right over here frank says ugly as sin is a true saying that is so good all right let's go to italy because maloney there the prime minister in italy she is she is the she is a good example of a woman in power who i would say she's like a the le pen kind of of italy i'd wish she were a little bit better she's pro ukraine i don't trust her i don't i don't but I like some of the stuff that she's saying good way to put that so in italy maloney uh she's left visibly irate after trudeau pushed an lgbt agenda on her at the g7 it seems like so sparks are reportedly flying at the g7 meeting in hiroshima with a comment on lgbt issues by prime minister justin trudeau being described as leaving his italian counterpart georgia maloney looking visibly annoyed since assuming power last year maloney has been steadily pushing italy to the right on various social issues including uh, the lgbt ideology something that has seen her party rise to commanding heights in popularity in the polling such popularity does not appear to have impressed substitute drama teacher turned leader of canada uh, Justin Trudeau, who reportedly lashed out at Maloney's successful dismantling of the progressive ideology in the country. Obviously, Canada is concerned about some of the positions that Italy is taking in terms of LGBT rights. Trudeau is reported as publicly saying at the meeting, adding that he looked forward to talking with Maloney about the, Maloney about the issue. It did not appear that the Italian PM felt the same way, uh, with those present at the meeting describing her as looking visibly annoyed. Maloney has since responded to Trudeau's criticisms by insisting that her government is following court decisions and is not deviating from previous administrations. Uh, in what will likely be a far more consequential news, should it occur, Maloney is also reportedly considering a formal announcement that Italy is pulling out of China's Belt and Road Initiative. News that Italy was considered whether or not to leave the project arose last week, with insiders claiming the Italian PM may officially announce the country's withdrawal from the infrastructure plan during the G7 meeting. One diplomat told the press that it was less a, of a question whether or not Italy would abandon the scheme and more an issue of how or when. So I guess uh, pulling out all the stops there to get, get away from the China control the world deal. All right, a couple more stories here before we hit on Neil Oliver's 
monologue this week. He got he has a lot. He actually has on um, Malone, Robert Malone. I think we might say goodbye to Facebook and just go to Rumble for nice. that. Sweden, it's the Sweden. So a uh, Jamie Atkinson, uh, the Swedish Democrat, says the only way of making the necessary preparations for a sweat sick, sweat sick, sweat sweat sick, sweat There you go. Swedish There's exit. No sweating. It's not sweat sick. There's not sweating. Swedish exit from the EU. Can the government maximize its bargaining power in the Brussels? Sweden must have fully prepared to leave the European Union in order to maximize its negotiating position within the bloc, says Jimmy Atkinson, the leader of the anti-immigration Swedish Democrats Party. In an article published by Svetska. Svenska. You better know how to Svenska. say it. Hang on. Do you need me to read this article? Svenska. Svenska. Dagblad. On Monday, Atkinson and his co-author, Swedish MEP, MEP Charles Weimers, uh, expressed their desire for Sweden to maximize its influence in the European Union. Outlying three measures the Swedish government must take. First, the government should seek to make constitutional changes in order to introduce a referendum lock, which would enshrine into law the requirement of a public vote before any further powers can be transferred to Stockholm or Brussels. Sounds good to me. In a mechanism previously adopted by both Britain and Denmark, and the Swedish Democrats leader believes it will provide a necessary safeguard against any attempted power grab by Brussels. Only the knowledge that the every decision on the transfer of power must be submitted to the citizens uh, would slow down the worst abuses from Brussels, the pair wrote. Second, the Swedish government should make the necessary preparations to leave the European Union to ensure it is ready should the decision ever be made to do so. So they want to be ready in case they make the decision and to legitimize any threat to withdrawal in future negotiations with the bloc. And the Swedish Democrats leader also wants an investigation to be launched into how the negative aspects of the Sweden's EU membership can be mitigated. So the right-wing party is currently an informal partner of the Swedish government. While it wasn't offered the opportunity to help form Prime Minister uh, Christensen's administration, it is uh, a signatory on the four-party coalition in which the coalition uh, parties agree to adopt a more restrictive immigration policy. Atkinson's party has long been in favor of Sweden's withdrawal from the European Union, but accepts this is not a majority view amongst uh, the Swedish electorate. The party officially dropped its support for Swexit in 2018 in a bid to garner more Swexit. Swexit. Come on now. Swexit. I would love for Sweden it. to lead. leave. Yes, and I'm glad that they're preparing. This should already be every country that is a member of the eu should have an exit plan yep in place yep that's like you you know how do we get out of the building in case mm -hmm. it burns down you should already have that ready to go speaking of getting out before it burns down it this is funny to me i love this so african leaders have initiated a peace mission between putin and Zelensky. Uh, you come to Africa. We help you. Okay, so the group of African leaders are pushing for a peace plan in attempt to get Russia and Ukraine to the negotiating table. South African Pre President uh, Ramaphosa, has, uh, Posa, who has of late been accused of having friendly relations with Moscow, they're commies, um, said Tuesday that both Russia's President Putin and Zelensky have agreed to host a delegation of African leaders. My discussions with the two leaders demonstrated that they are both ready to receive the African leaders and, and, and to have a discussion on how this conflict can be brought to an end. Wow. 
Whether that will succeed or not is going to depend on the discussions of what will be held. So South African leader has listed other countries. We got Senegal, Uganda, Egypt, and the Republic of Congo and Zambia. Their leaders will reportedly send representatives for our meetings in both Moscow and Kiev. The Associated Press has noted that four of these six African countries, South Africa, the Republic of Congo, Senegal, and Uganda, abstained from a U.N. vote last year to, uh, on condemning Russia's invasion. However, on Wednesday, Russia's former minister, Lavrov, said the government has yet to receive anything official regarding a meeting with the African leaders over a firm date. I, I think this is very interesting to me. I don't, I, I don't put a lot of stock in it, but I love that... Um, you know, I think this might have something to do with China. It says China has also it this has week dispatched everything to do with China. a senior envoy to visit both countries. <sighs> you know, sometimes chess pieces are just chess pieces and there's no good guy. I got to tell you. All right. So, um, Oxford University had, or is, was supposed to have a woman. I think she still is going to, to be speaking. Professor Kathleen Stock, she is a leading feminist who was invited to speak by members of the Oxford Union on the fact that women, men can't become women. And the little Oxford children threw a fit and they do not want her to speak. They so, don't want a lesbian to come and speak. Yeah, the 44 Oxford, there, but there were 44 Oxford um, they call them dons. I think that they're like professors uh, or somebody so I, like 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 biologist Richard Dawkins. Okay, forty-four of these scholarly people wrote a um, a letter basically in supporting her, and this is all just so childishly weird. Professor Stock believes that biological sex in humans is real and socially salient salient a view which until recently would have been so commonplace as to hardly merit asserting whether or not one agrees with professor stock's views there is no plausible and attractive ideal of academic freedom or of free speech more generally which would condemn their expression as outside the bounds of permissible discourse stock who quit her job as a lecturer at the university of sussex in 2021 after being targeted by activists over her views on gender identity said that she uh, still planned to take part in the event. Asked why she is seen as dangerous, the philosopher replied, well, because I'm afraid that my presence punctures a certain kind of fantasy version of events, a fantasy version of the world, as it were, because I don't believe some things that young people are encouraged to believe. Absolutely. You know what this reminds me of? You ever watch those movies where the bad guy has all these peons, right, that, that, that do his bidding, and, and he's got a gang of people, right? The bad guy's got a gang of people. And he'll just randomly off one of them for no reason. And you think to yourself, why are the rest of you still with this guy? Because you might get off too. So this lady, this is what I'm thinking, like, she's part of the LGBTQ community, but they're gonna off you too like you're going down best to exit you know I, we need to have lgbtq plus 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 exit that's the next exit that needs to happen you just need to leave all together you know what i'm saying 
Speaking of leaving, it's the 69th annual Bilderberg meeting, a secretive conclave of global power brokers has kicked off in Lisbon, Portugal, with issues on the agenda, including transnational threats, artificial intelligence, and America's leadership in world affairs. This year's meeting, the latest in a series that began in 1954, continues to blur the lines between open diplomacy and clandestine elitism as political leaders brush shoulders, shoulders with industry bigwigs. Now, I'm going to stray here from this for just one second because um, there was a yacht that was confiscated and they can't find out who actually owned the yacht, but supposedly it was some sort of Russian uh, bigwig. Okay. okay. Um, I think, which country was it? You, I don't know. I read this article. It was some, um, some, which country was it? They're paying $112,000 a month to keep this yacht going. But they, they don't know who it belongs it, to? Yeah. It's through, because there's a lot of, uh, the way that these guys do this is this corporation, this corporation, this corporation, this corporation, right? Uh, they want the United States to just, to, to take it, I guess. Uh, supposedly you could rent it for a million dollars a week. It has a crew of 44, but it's on a bare bones crew of like six. How on earth do we live in a world where anyone can rent anything for a million dollars a week? That's what, I, that's what I was going to get to. Um, let me see if I can find this. It's just, it's, it's okay. So Russian luxury yacht seized by the U S arrives in i think it's this one super yacht the super yacht okay 300 million dollar yachts here we go so is this an oligarch thing yeah it's a russian oligarch thing so this 300 million yacht sanctioned russian oligarch kermov seized seized by fiji at request of the united states so fijian law enforcement executed a seizure warrant um freezing this yacht i think is this the one i'm talking about there's so many yachts oh the there's so many yachts yeah. But yacht, 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 yacht. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. That's funny. It's late. No, that's not it. This I want is the not the yacht. This is a different lot. Yacht. No, I want. I want this one that's going to be. This week. Super yacht Antigua. Here, will you play All this right. video no, here? And it was the, this was what I'm, this is what I wanted to, t I, I want you guys to see, this is hilarious. And I'm going to tell you my a thoughts on this. A million dollars a week. No, the Charles Payne. Got it. Hang on. So everyone has heard of Nero, right? The Roman emperor known for extravagant spending that was, quote, thoroughly exhausted by the treasury uh, by contributions of money and riddled uh, his whole country with deflation. Of course, he's infamous uh, for fiddling while Rome burned uh, and Really, his 13-year reign essentially came to an end after that. He had to commit suicide. Well, I want you to meet Alpha Nero. It's a $120 million, 267-foot super yacht. It's sitting in a harbor somewhere in Antigua. This after being seized when Russia invaded Ukraine. Now, according to reports, the captain sleeps in a guest bedroom. Otherwise, the crew is mostly below deck. So you've got, uh, you know, there's five other cabins. You got the spa, you got the gym, you got the elevator, everything else just going unused. It's just sitting there. The yacht has been available for charter for a million dollars a week, which might not be a bad deal, again, considering those amenities. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, no one's using it, right? There have been some inquiries uh, to actually purchase it, but no one knows who the legal owner is. It can't be established. And I think uh, th there was a lot of haste when at the start of this invasion, including 
seizing private pop property from folks without due diligence, even if you're Russian, in America typically you would have to have due diligence. So I can't help to feel that somewhere AD 54 Nero uh, is fiddling his, uh, somewhere fiddling, thinking about, wow, they haven't learned. That is Okay, hilarious. so this was the Zero Hedge article that I was reading. Today, in efficiency of sanctions against Russia, news of a $120 million superyacht Alpha Nero has been abandoned in Falmouth Harbor in Antigua, leaving its crew to do nothing but sit around and play Call of Duty. That's actually the story. But wait, 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 just wait. Yeah. There's a crew. Mm -hmm. Where do they get their paychecks? Well, they're not getting it now. Where, Where were they getting their paychecks before? I don't know. They, it's this should not be that hard. Whoever is sending them their paychecks owns the yacht. Different, yeah. No, no. So the crew is holding out for back pay, uh, and that's more than two million dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh! How much are these people getting paid? This, they, the, the yacht is supposedly is uh, a, a Russian billionaire. It also needs a constant supply of diesel. You can't even open the doors on the Alpha Nero without diesel. These boats, from the day they launch to the day they die, are burning fossil fuels. Antigua, meanwhile, has said it has received over 20 bids for the sheep, ship, and they are asking U.S. authorities to lift the sanctions so they can sell it. But what, Nobody's are they going to get laid, the money? Nobody's laid claim to it. As a result of the sanctions, Bloomberg notes that more than two dozen vessels worth more than $4 billion have been impounded in ports around the world. Now, so I was listening today to uh, my mom has this really cool blog uh, it's called Be the Watchman, I think. She's got uh, parts one and two. And you guys know my mom does does one live, and then she goes and takes out all the ums. And I listen to it on 1.5 times, and it's just a beautiful listen. So I like to wait till till uh, she comes in with the edited She also version. says, I'll take it off their hands. Someone is paying the employee. See, Patriot Gallery had the same thought that I did. So I'm listening to my mom, and she's talking about gold and silver, and she's pay playing Lynette. And I'm thinking about you guys, and I'm praying, and I'm hoping, and I'm praying that you guys all... Uh, move all of your uh, savings and everything to something that is worth something, which is gold and silver. And you're you give ITM Trading a call, um, and you let them know that Resistance Chicks sent you one eight six six nine five zero seven 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 six one eight six six nine five zero seven 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 six. That's the Resistance Chicks line personal personal number. And I'm literally praying for you guys. And I'm praying that if you have any savings, if you have any any retirement, that you call them and you help you let them walk you through. Because I can't walk you through that. But they're professionals that you get into gold and silver now You've and been you doing become this for twenty seven years. Because whatever's coming down the line, you guys need to be the banker. And you need and you will become the banker when you have when this when the poop hits the fan. But more than that, it's constitutional money, and we need to start using it with each other. And we need to, you know, maybe if I maybe I just travel to Arkansas just so I can pay people in gold and silver and feel what it see what it feels like, um, or Utah or whatever. There's three states. I've Trusting state. that when you hand them this, it's not going to lose value, and they only have to pay taxes on the value that is on the uh, uh, printed on this minted on this coin. Yes. One dollar, Bob. One dollar, Bob. One dollar, Bob. We need to start using gold and silver with each other. Absolutely. But I don't want anybody getting in trouble doing that. So let's let's make sure that we get back to We have to change money. our state laws. Yes, exactly. Um, but that being said, um, I was reading, I'm reading a little bit more in my Money Mechanics book and how we got to where we're at with all of these dollars. So I'm going to give you guys an example. 
when you have a bank that has 100% reserves, you need to pay that bank. So let's pretend I'm the bank. I'm just going to hold your stuff in, in my vault. Okay. But you just pay me to do that, right? You're renting vault space. Now that's 100% reserves. What we have with the fractional reserve banking is that these commercial banks make up money. They inflate out of thin air. At, they inflate money. Okay. So let's say you keep 10% back and I go and I pay the, the plumber and the plumber goes and drop deposits my money back into the bank. And then the, the, uh, the bank lends that out again. And then that person, you know, brings it back. You can create, um, I think, what was the, the term? I, I got to go get my numbers correct. But if, I'm, if my numbers are correct, it's like you can create like $800,000 off of $80,000. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. That is exactly what it was. Now there's no limit. Okay. And that's all, all that funny money that's created it didn't exist before. Okay. And it goes into everybody's pot. And every time the bank does that and does, does this fractional reserve banking then magic. Your dollar bill is worth less than it was. Yesterday. But, but the, the bankers that are doing this, that are creating money, they are skimming it off the top. And these guys, whether they're in oil, they're all working with the bankers. And, and this is so, going to tie into the Bilderbergs. That's so, where Leah is going with this. Well, it goes to this super yacht. Super yacht. You don't have the ability when you have gold and silver to have a super to yacht. have a super yacht. You only get the super yacht and these billions of dollars. There's no mm -hmm. billionaires with gold and silver. Right. There's very few millionaires with gold and silver. Okay. Uh, you shouldn't. The only millionaires you have with gold and silver are the bankers who are still making they like even Vanderbilt with the railroad he was a cheat you only get to be a millionaire if you're a cheater if you're scamming somebody or you're in on the scam and so these Bilderbergs um with their super yacht um super yachts with their with their with their uh airplanes you don't you don't have to be mad at them for like necessarily what they're doing when they're getting together um, but how they got there is that it's, they are worse, a million times worse than the Italian mafia was like in Chicago, yeah. the, the Italian mafia, whatever they're running, they're running a scam, but it's a, it's a localized scam. Mm -hmm. These guys are creating, are taking 80,000 and making $800,000. And then they're taking your 80,000 and making it worth less. 8,000. Like, but how come? Here's what I want to know, Leah. Answer me this. How come they are allowed to do that, but we aren't? Like, how come if you lend me $10, how come I can't make $90 out of thin air? So, you, what gives them that right? So, this is very interesting. So, we had in America between 1836 and 1863, we had free banking. And by free banking, that meant you, you had minimal government intrusion into, into banking and you could start a bank. And then after 1863, we had, um, basically 
the the um, like another kind of a government federal intervention into banking. And then, of course, with the Federal Reserve created, then you have a central bank. Now, the Federal Reserve, when the Federal Reserve was created, it wasn't supposed to be one central bank. They created 12 zones. And each one of these zones, these Federal Reserves, you've heard the Federal Reserve chief in Chicago or the Federal Reserve chief in Kansas City or the Federal Reserve chief in New York. These are supposed to be individual kind of um, central banks. But the Congress in, I believe, 1977, made it so that the Federal Reserve would be one centralized decision-making bank. And so then, no, you can't start your own bank. You're going to be heavily regulated. But here's the thing. Banks aren't heavily regulated. They're heavily, uh, the rules are to keep all newcomers out so that the J.P. Morgan Chases and the Citibanks and everything that, there are so many rules to, to, and, and things Which is to, why to jump through because they, what they've done is they have gotten way ahead of everybody else and then looked back and then created obstacles so that you can't come up. Which is why most small banks end up as credit unions. Exactly. So you, so back to Bilderberg, you've got, it's a really high octane list leaning heavily into the Russian-Ukraine conflict and the future of NATO. Um, interesting point, you guys. There is no World War One without decoupling, and the world, the world decoupled. You have to understand this: that people before 1913 said that we can't do anything without the gold standard, without being coupled with gold. If we deviate from that, we've got to get back on it. We have to have sound money. Right. And without the without these different governments, it was a handful of governments. That you know what we're just gonna we're we're getting off this gold standard we have to for this war, it funds the war effort, mm -hmm. but it creates this giant inflation. Right. And then when they try to go back on, it's called specie gold and silver. When they try to go back to that, it gets it, it go it gets even worse. And so uh, whether it's the Bank of uh, England, and whether it's the Federal Reserve between World War One and World War Two, they tried so hard to try to um, work with the gold, work with the gold standard. They made it so that he, the, the, the average person couldn't come and redeem their money for gold, but uh, large banks could. Um, and they, reg they were trying to make up for the fact that they had created funny money. And so they were trying to bring, they were trying to hide it. Okay, True. They're trying to hide the fact that the gold isn't there. So again, what happens is that World War I basically caused, and the monetary system, what caused a lot of death and destruction that didn't need to be. Number one. Okay. And then it caused the stock market crash in 29. Right. That didn't need to be. Right. So all the wars, all the evil, the millions of people that have died, even, even, the, even, the, even the Russian Bolsheviks, all of this can be tied to... This, this decoupling from a gold standard. Uh, I'm not saying that gold, gold can be evil. People can be very evil with gold and silver. Okay, people have been evil for years. But staying Since on a gold standard constrains the evil to, uh, to, it constrains the evil. We have seen more people die in wars in the past 100 years than we have ever, okay? It's, it's insanity to think about what you can do with machine and machine guns and bombs and Zelensky up there. We need more bombs. We need, this is insane. Well, so, so, you know, we've been doing Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays and we're talking about advancing the kingdom of God. We have, 
since the Federal Reserve, there has been a seeming advancing of darkness, mm -hmm. okay? But it's really because the body of Christ has stepped away and, and we've bought into the lie that is unjust weights and balances, which has caused us to go away from our first love and from our first commission, right? Which is expanding the kingdom of God. So part of the kingdom message, in addition to farming and all of the other things that we talk about, is that God's is money is gold and silver. God's money is gold and silver. Sound money. So what does Jesus say? What does God balances. say? God says the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Yes. And and in right there in Genesis, in in the valley of Pishon, the river Pishon, he says that the 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 gold thereof is good. Mm. Gold is God's money. Did you know that there's no Hebrew word for money? It's just gold and silver. It says gold and silver and sometimes barley. Just weights and balances. God created gold and silver for us to use as money. Because he knew that it constrains evil. Evil. And so you're going to hear us, guys, talk more and more about gold and silver from here forward. Because and getting every state to pass laws that, that, should, that are already constitutional. We need to get back to constitutional money, and it should be legal. It is legal let me, in every state to, to pay each other in gold and silver. Let me tell you why. Because this past Saturday, when we did our constitutional money class, it was so great. the power of God came on me, and I finally understood it. Mm. It takes sometimes teaching something to somebody else three times. Come on, Rob Allen in the chat. Rob, y'all missed, listen. We actually haven't even met Rob yet, but Rob was on with Corey Gray, Serge oh, DeRosa, Rob, Rob, and uh, Jason Heidinger the other day about getting filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, and I love this comment from here. I love this comment from you. It says ah, so take the fake money out of the Babylonian system and buy land, seed, gold, and silver. Got it. Boom. So my Rob, brother gets a cookie. I'm officially inviting you to come on our show. Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. I um, told Corey after I watched you on there, I uh, was like, I got to get this guy on one of our Revelation so Red good. Pills. If y'all didn't watch that episode, I know you did. But if you didn't, go back and watch it. It's from last Monday, this past Monday. So, Rob, I hope you'll come on because you so were just fire. Fu you were fire. So absolute fire. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it so much. And you just literally summed up what we're saying. Yes, exactly. take the fake money out of the Babylonian system and buy land, seed, gold, and silver. Yeah, did you know, uh, and like sometimes when I, when I was doing research for the class, I learned something that I didn't know. And I taught it like I knew it. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. Because um, I was looking up different times where the Bible used gold and silver. And Jeremiah talked about 30 pieces of silver oh, for so a good. potter's this field. This is so good. And then 600 years later... <clears throat> Judas used 30 pieces of silver to buy a potter's field. Which means that silver was the same value for 600 years. 30 pieces of silver bought a potter's field and 30 pieces of silver bought a potter's field. Boom. No inflation. Inflation no. is only, only comes about through paper money. And so I also was mowing the grass today. Okay, yes, this one's clean. Um, and Your hands are so dirty. Look at them. This one's dirty. This one's clean. Um, 
It's just what green. were you doing? I was Mowing. the one that was planting. Well, when oh, I take you the bag in and get the grasses out, and got to clean outside I underneath of it. That, you know, see, that's mower. not coming off though. Dirt comes off. That green stain. Uh, that's just, just you. Just, just need to paint your green. I mean the one. Rob says, "Let's do it." I don't know much about it. I'm just learning. I promise. No, just the kingdom. You got it. You got the kingdom. You got the kingdom. I want. I want to hear your version of the kingdom. Um, so yeah, I was. He's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's, that's what all y'all need to get yeah, on that train. We do. We all need it. So I was mowing, and as I was talking to the Lord about this, he he was speaking to me how we can take over the system. We, we can, can do this. We can do we it. We can do this in the power of God, yes. and this is how we can put a stop and a kibosh on all this evil. Mm. So speaking of the evil... Um, let's go back to the Bilderberg group here. As usual, the details of their discussions remain obscured by the Chatham House Rule, a protocol that gives participants the discretion to use the information gleaned from the talks but forbids the identification of speakers and participants, ensuring anonymity. Thanks to the private nature of the meeting, the participants take part as individuals rather than in any official capacity and hence are not bound by the conventions of their office or prearranged positions. Among the major topics slated for discussion are artificial intelligence, the banking system, energy transition, and the industrial policy and trade. Other high priority issues include a geopolitical landscape, the, the geopolitical landscapes of Europe, China, India, Russia, all those, you know, I'm sure they're going to talk about the BRICS nations pulling out, uh, pulling away from the dollar. The topic of U.S. leadership. This is going to be hilarious to me. No, no, no. Jojo. Hang on. They're probably going to be talking about the election of 2020. What they are. Let me tell you what that last. I've got this up so you guys can see this. Let me tell you what that last line means. Last appeared on the Bilderberg agenda in 2018. So. We want Joe. This. They are going to be discussing who they will choose for for U.S. president. U.S. president in 2024. They're going to pick him. They're going to pick him. Exactly. That's why they're going to talk about it. Exactly. Because they're going to, okay, who do we so want? So you guys can look at the agenda there. You got the elites gathering. So who is going to be there? You've got the NATO Secretary General Jens Stolenberg with the dynamics of global security cooperation and sharp focus as the war in Ukraine continues with no end in sight. Also on the security front, attending the meeting are Avril Haines, a U.S. Director of NASA Intelligence, National Intelligence, and Thomas Wright, Senior Director of Strategic Planning at the National Security Council. Avril Haines, head of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, testifies. Here's a picture of her at the Senate uh, Select Committee of, um, on intelligence hearing about worldwide threats. I'm sure it's all white supremacy. Uh, there's no shortage of political leaders, including Roberta Metzola, president of the European Parliament. Okay, Mark Root. Mark Root from the Netherlands. Mark Root looks very much like John Kerry, in my opinion. John Kerry this week came out and said, we need to put the kibosh on agriculture and farming you think this guy looks like john Kerry? that's not uh that one's not mark root okay well i just that's the next guy okay in the picture. Um, i'm going to bring up mark root mark root in the netherlands is doubling down they voted in uh the netherlands had uh, elections and we were hoping that their farmers party mm-hmm. would stop the land confiscation but they have doubled down on that and i'm going to play a video for you what the world elite are looking for four global regions of food production, okay? Because they want to make it all commercialized. They don't want you and me growing our own food on our own land. 
Because when we do, we, we get out of their system. Come Just on. like when we use this with each Come other, on. we get out of their system. Come on. This is getting out of the Matrix. Go watch the movie The Matrix. But you, we get to eat way better than that slop that they had. Pretty nasty. And we have the sun still. And I love Sunshine sun. and water. The Matrix is a horrible movie. It's like real, I know, they don't get to really live depressing. on land or anything. It's thank God we're not actually in the Matrix the, the, as depicted in the movies. No kidding. Yeah, the movie Matrix is what it feels like when you got COVID and your brain's all fried. Um, there's no shortage of political leaders. And oh, okay, we've got we got that guy there, uh, Mark Root. We've got also intending is Sam Altman. That's who you were seeing. Seeing oh, is that no? That's that the that Pfizer is CEO. Al, that is who you just saw was Albert Mer, uh, Berla, and that's the Pfizer CEO. Mm. He's going to be there. You've got Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, the creator of the Chat G, J, Chat GPT. Which you know what? It just feels satanic to me. Like there's got to be some. There has to be a satanic. You've element got to former that Google CEO Eric Schmidt. You've got the CEO of Microsoft. Uh, the CEO of uh, Pfizer, you've got Teal Capital, Peter Capital, Peter Teal. You've got the president of Goldman Sachs. Um, you've got the European Commissioner, Austria's Minister for European and National Affairs. Uh, you've got this guy uh, Kulaba, who uh, is from Ukraine. So Stacey been... Abrams is going to be there because, like, what has she done? She didn't even win her election. I'm just reading over some of these names. Can I finish my sentence? Yes. Okay, so Kuleba notably has been at the forefront of efforts to bolster Western backing for Ukraine. Okay, uh, there's a lot of senior uh, European officials. So, yeah, Stacey Abrams, what's she doing there? Anybody that, uh, anybody on the right, it's all lefty loonies. No, it's loonies. literally all the lefty loonies. Stacey Abrams, though? I mean, of all people, she really gets into stuff, man. Here's what I've decided. I'm sitting here, um, I'm sitting here thinking about Kingdom, mm. okay? They have been doing these Bilderberg groups. They've been doing Davos. They do all of this stuff mm. where they get together and they decide how the world is going to be run. Yeah. Y'all listen to me. We're getting together. We are going to get together as the body of Christ. And we, the kingdom message is going to spread so far and so wide that we are going to start getting together and deciding how the kingdom of God is going to take over all of these areas that these people think that they rule. How we pull down the principalities and the powers and the strongholds. I love it. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I am showing up. I'm going to be at the first there. meeting. Oh, I love that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to be you. at that first meeting. All right. Speaking of Mark Root, I want you to play this this video. This is really crazy. He wants four hubs of food production. No. Do I need to read this in no, English? No. Th so the role of businesses in the agri-food sector should be stimulated and able to create scalable uh, solutions. And here... I'd like to highlight a, a World Economic Forum initiative in this regard, the World Economic uh, Forum Food uh, Innovation Hubs. And these hubs in Africa, in Asia, in South America and in Europe uh, will allow uh, businesses to connect regional stakeholders to skill innovations, because this is key, uh, skill innovations that can address food systems, food systems challenges. And here, 
Uh, I'm particularly proud to announce that the Netherlands will host the Global Coordinating Secretariat of the World Economic Forum Food Innovation Hubs. Hang on. Food innovation. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about food innovation. You let it's me tell you. Grass. The only time animals. where you have, and if anybody's looking at my arm, yes, that is a giant old bruise. And I don't want to tell y'all how I got it, but I will. It was from, it was, I don't know why this part's actually healing, but it was all black at some point. Um, it's more like purple. It was all whatever, but I can't really see it. There you go. It makes like a heart. You see, like when you do it like that, it makes like a heart. It looks like a butt. Um, it, <laughs> I preferred it look like a heart. Um, we did it archery. It actually looks like the galaxies. It, it did. It was really bad before, but I'm glad that it's healing. Um, but it's like got this chunk, chunky stuff in it. Uh, we did archery with compound bows and apparently I'm really bad at it. Like my, my shots are good, but my, um, the thing kept hitting my arm and it was, that's this. It's, it's no, still what you're swollen. really bad at is saying, stop. This is hurting me. So anyway, back to, let me tell you all about this. Little bruise, little tiny one. Leah got a little one on the, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Rob Allen says, ouch. He says, now that's exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. Kingdom take, take over. Uh, when you are growing your food or buying from local people who grow your food, mm -hmm. there are the only issues that you have are, is if you have weather problems. Yeah. So, so there are or no locusts. issues. Okay, diseases. You know what I'm saying. But th there aren't issues. They are manufacturing issues. There's no reason for any of this garbage. Patriot Gallery is Daniel seven fourteen, and he gave him dominion and honor and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall never be taken away, and his dominion shall never be destroyed. Amen. Mm. Mom, well said. Mom also wants me to tell you what my shirt says. It's a, I got this at Old School Survival Boot Camp. It says, the Second Amendment, making more women equal than the entire feminist movement. Yes. That's what my shirt I says. I love it. Um, so, there you go. All right. I want you to play Eva here. Eva is uh, the Dutch voice for the farmers. And she is talking about John Kerry. Oh, go ahead. Wait. We'll play Eva in a second. Go ahead and play this Dutch farmer, and then we'll play Eva. This... This is a this is a real Dutch farmer, and go ahead. You're going to need to read the um, subtitles. Okay, let me turn it down. He's saying, bit. "Please still support us." Basically, hello, dear people. We are reading the latest news reports. That agricultural agreement will sour be sour for everyone. I think it will be particularly sour for the agricultural sector. It is not without a reason that so many parties have already walked away from the negotiating table with the explanation. Wow, these are not staying up long enough for me to read. Hang on, that just like literally vanished. Okay, I don't know what he just said there. Here, before Ascension Day, Minister Adima wants to push through the agricultural agreement. We have heard from those who have read it that it is terrible. They don't even dare to make it public as a concept. But it is certainly disastrous for the agricultural sector. The government says that if there is no signature from agricultural advocacy organizations, it will be pushed through anyway. I would like to make a small comment on that. We the warriors, I love that, 
We the warriors have already stopped. What did he say? Press play again. Yeah. More plans. The feed measure is off the table. The maps from Vanderval have been stopped. And we will also stop this agricultural nature agreement. We are not going to accept being bought out, taxed, and having our necks twisted. And Adama, until now, you have always been in the lead, but one thing I will promise you. If you think you're going to push this through, you're going to get a full frontal wind. And not a gentle breeze. And not a gentle breeze, but a hard southeastern storm. Remember that. Folks, get ready. Make sure you get everything in the soil. Because I think we all have to get going again soon. Hopefully we won't have to, but it certainly looks like it. Whether it's against the LTO or against the Ministry of Agricultural Nature and Food Equality, we will see. I hope the LTO is wise and does not sign this agreement. If so, the pressure will only be on the LNV where it belongs. Folks, goodbye. So what he's saying is farmers get everything in the ground because we might need to go out and protest again. Wow. So here, uh, Ava says, now that the Biden administration has decided to declare war on the American farmers, that's through John Kerry. Uh, she says she'd like to reiterate what she said to the American people during an interview uh, last summer with the uh, following an agenda farms. called the 2030 agenda. These are these are restrictions and, and climate regulations that are that are imposed all over the world. So we're being hit hardest right now and we might be the first ones. But it's very important for other people to know that they could be coming to you next. And what do you think Americans can take away from what's happening in the Netherlands? Well, I. From a Dutch perspective, I would say that Americans should be very happy that they have a Second Amendment and that you should protect that with all your all your strengths. Mm, that is so good. Ava Vlardinger. Thank you, Ava. All right, I want to go to Neil Oliver's monologue for the week. He's always so good about putting things into perspective. And um, I think he brings a level of peace mm, and does, yeah. hope to the situations that, honestly, I think is so different than anybody else. And then I think we might end with Robert Malone here tonight. When did we get used to being led up the garden path by government and parliament and to turning a blind eye to it? Are we just so battered and bruised, so deliberately demoralized by the last three and a half years that for most people, the effort of clinging on to daily life is taking every ounce of strength. It's all around us now, blatant and shameless. Are we so exhausted we've started taking it for granted that members of parliament will routinely say one thing and then do another? Where are the howls of outrage at what seems to me like incessant lying? History tells us politicians have always lied. The difference now is that it doesn't seem to matter whether we notice or not. Last week, Kemi Badenoch announced another U-turn. U-turns are routine now, obviously. And this one was about going back on a promise to scrap thousands of European Union laws. The reality of the U-turn came camouflaged in all sorts of weasel words, but underneath the smokescreen, the truth was undeniable. While campaigning to be Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak talked loudly about reviewing and repealing those laws in the spirit of getting Brexit done. Mm -hmm. 
he encouraged people to think he was all about leaving the EU. Liar. He still claims to be in favour of Brexit, by the way. But Badnoch came clattering on stage from the wings last week, presumably shoved on by Sunak, maybe standing on a box to do so, to break the news, surprise, surprise, that another of yesterday's promises was today's betrayal. Most of those laws will remain. I'll be honest and say I had to look up Kemi Badnoch's job title again. She's business secretary, apparently. My recognising her while simultaneously not knowing exactly what she's supposed to be doing is just a symptom of how I no longer bother committing to memory what any of these jokers claim to be doing on our behalf. To me, the various holders of this or that government portfolio are just assorted heads, arms and legs sticking out of an amorphous blob that slides around in my peripheral vision, leaving a trail of lies in its slippery wake, the giant slug of state. A straightforward person would reasonably say promising something and then breaking the promise was tantamount to lying in the first place. Yes. Especially when promising and then breaking the promise becomes an unmistakable pattern of behaviour. Mm -hmm. When the so-called vaccines were rolled out, the entire effort to get it into every arm in this country and around the world was predicated on the claim that taking the jab wasn't about the individual protecting him or herself from COVID. Rather, it was about making sure none of us would pass COVID on to anyone else. I didn't take the jab. And like the rest of the unjabbed, I was told I was a murderous monster. Only very recently did it come to light from Pfizer, revealed under pressure, that at no point before the jabs were rolled out was the company even asked to test if the product would prevent transmission of COVID. I repeat, no such tests were requested, far less carried out. This means the whole PSYOPs nudge unit campaign to shame people into taking the jabs and forcing on their kids as well, in the spirit of protecting others was a lie. The knowledge that we were lied to in this most despicable way is out there now, has been for months. And yet where are the mainstream media headlines driven by righteous anger? It's an old foundation of legal proceedings that he who remains silent is deemed to have granted his consent. If we don't demand this behaviour stops, it will keep happening. And so I ask again, are we saying it's okay by us for government and parliament to lead us up the garden path, to lie to us? as well as being treated like gullible fools with the memory spans of goldfish, do we also accept that a government can do what it likes without even bothering to consult with us, the tax-paying electorate? I, for one, do not remember saying it was okay for government to lead us up that garden path, to mislead us, to betray us, to lie to our faces. I don't remember giving them the go-ahead either, to just do whatever they want without so much as a buy-hour leave. Do you? I used to wonder why David Cameron allowed himself to be the frontman for letting the Brexit referendum happen in the first place. No matter how confident his masters might have been about the result, why take the chance? Now it seems to me the vote never mattered. The decision by 52% of the electorate to leave the EU made for some theatrics in Parliament, but they're good at theatrics in Parliament. Mm. In the end though, a vote to leave or a vote to stay had been of no matter whatever because those play-acting parliamentarians never had any intention of letting the vote stop Britain continuing to submit in every meaningful way to the EU. But setting aside Brexit, as Parliament effectively did back in 2016, the bigger problem we face is the reality Parliament evidently no longer cares what the electorate thinks. To paraphrase US comedian George Carlin, it's a big club and we ain't in it. Yep. Our noses are just being rubbed in their contempt for us presumably until our faces are as smooth as the backs of spoons. Their contempt for us is everywhere. Does anyone remember voting for Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister or Jeremy Hunt as Chancellor? No, that's because we didn't. Our thoughts on the matter didn't matter a damn. 
They decided all of that for themselves behind closed doors. Does anyone remember voting for the possibility of lockdowns in a so-called emergency? And likewise, for mandates for so-called vaccines and compulsory mask wearing? Does anyone remember seeing a manifesto pledge making plain that Parliament could drive the economy off a cliff if it felt the need? Does anyone remember voting for the suicide note that is net zero? Or to let the World Health Organisation decide in future what a pandemic is? To let unelected, unaccountable non-entities living tax-free in Switzerland and protected by diplomatic immunity shut us in our homes here in Britain? To let them decide what information is the truth and what information is lies? Anyone? Does anyone remember voting for 15-minute ghettos where, by a sleight of hand, one town and city after another is being throttled, free movement curtailed or banned outright? What about the end of cash and the advent of digital tokens that can be programmed to have a use-by date That's that right. enables algorithms to decide how, even if, we may spend our own hard-earned money? Anyone remember the public information campaign to bring us all up to speed on that one? Then there's the war in Ukraine. We weren't told the pertinent historic background, the truth, when Russian forces crossed the border in February last year, and we're still mostly denied the truth today. Billions of our pounds have been spent there, and billions more will be spent yet. Nobody better attack Britain anytime soon, because I'm pretty sure just about all our ammo has been spent in Ukraine. The US backed a coup in Ukraine all the way ammo. back in 2014, fomenting and driving the ousting of a democratically elected regime and triggering an ugly civil war that claimed tens of thousands of lives. Now hundreds of thousands more Ukrainians are dead. Where is the truth? The US are at it again in Pakistan right now. The government of Pakistan, led by Imran Khan, was ousted by a coup backed by the United States and by our government here in Britain. Imran Khan is under arrest. When asked about Imran Khan's arrest, our Prime Minister said last week it was an internal matter for Pakistan. He said he supported, quote, peaceful democratic processes and adherence to the rule of law, end quote. Do we really? A coup in Ukraine, a coup in Pakistan. Is that what support for democratic processes looks like nowadays? Were we asked about going to war with Russia in all but name? Were we asked no. what we thought about regime change in Ukraine or indeed in no. Russia itself? Were we asked whether or not we supported regime change in Pakistan? Are we to shrug our shoulders and accept that decisions like those are simply above our pay grade? Having done what they want so many times now without being held to account, our political class is like a dog that has learned it can bite without any threat of consequences. Our government, our parliament is a bad dog. Now that I've realised what's so going on now, I think more and more about how long behaviour like this has been the norm without my noticing without my bothering to notice. Shame on me. In 1922, English philosopher G.K. Chesterton warned about the danger of overmighty governments and bureaucracies. He warned against capitalists and socialists, saying exponents of either ideology were intent only on controlling people. Over a hundred years ago, he was able to write, quote, government has become ungovernable, that is, it cannot leave off governing. Law has become lawless, that is, it cannot see where laws should stop. The chief feature of our time is the meekness of the mob and the madness of the government." End quote. I think the dreadful truth is that the disregard for we the people has been the reality for longer than anyone alive might remember. There's been a long protest that, process that started with determination to keep us from seeing what was really going on. But that has evolved to the point where we are now. Those that purport to lead us know we can see the lies, and yet that matters not a jot. Yeah. The mainstream media was always partisan, supporting this political party or that, 
By now, there's no meaningful difference between the parties. And the mainstream media, therefore, has only one message to push, the message of a state that is essentially a one-party state. Chesterton also wrote in his time that, quote, men are ruled by liars who refuse them news and by fools who cannot govern, end quote. If as much was true in the 1920s, it certainly feels true in the 2020s. The lies are getting bigger. Now they're concealing nothing less than the destruction of our way of life. The role of women is being systematically erased. We're being lied to about the climate. For the longest time, we've been told there are too many people alive on Earth. And now we're being marched to the brink of World War III, all based on lies. Here's the thing, spotting the lies after they've been told is not enough. Surely we've learned enough to predict the lies they'll tell us next. Let's start asking questions about those lies as yet untold before it really is too late. Wow. Mm. So good from Neil. I didn't realize how late it was. You guys are going to have to go to uh, Neil Oliver's uh, Twitter page and watch the Robert Malone clip. Because uh, yeah. I think so we got to sign off tonight. Let me read a couple of comments here. Rob Allen says, wow, this feels like our government's been Im infiltrated by the enemy itself, eh? Here's the thing. That hits the nail on the head. And this is what Lee and I have been saying. It. Ernie ain't even saying it. These seats are demonically held. And, and yes, we can vote. And yes, elections matter. All the, all the things. But before we even get to elections, as the body of Christ, we have to go to these seats, these government seats, and pull down the principalities and the rulers that are there and claim them for Jesus Christ. And then it doesn't matter who sits in the seat. They will have to obey God. Okay? Yeah. Rob says, stretching our military thin and spending every penny so we are weakened to be taken over? Question mark. Hashtag, they think we are stupid. Are and now tried? that we're awake, what do we do with it, Leah? Now that we know what's going on. Well, you pray in the spirit and you ask God to show you what your position is. And a lot of times when, that's why, you know, Corey and the, and the gang did the, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of you got a lot of you guys are coming to me. What can I do? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. And I've been praying. I've been asking God. Well, there's one more step to praying and asking God. Mm, okay. Gotta be filled with um, the Holy Ghost. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then he will help you to pray things out in a way where your mind is out of the way. You're not just trying to think it through. Well, you literally are praying the perfect will of God. And then he will speak to your spirit what it is you're supposed to do. You know, there's gifts of the Holy Spirit, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, great faith. These are the giftings that we need. These are the tools that we need to take we down the bad could guys. Have all, let, let me tell you something. The body of Christ has everything that we need, the, the numbers, tools. the gifts, the tools, everything to have stopped all of this from happening already. So here's yeah. the good news. All we have to do is start doing it right now. And the knowledge and, you know, you, repentance does work, by the way. Okay. That's good. But if you don't know what to repent of, uh -oh. you see in the old Testament, there were things where they, there were times when they would clean things up really well. Yeah, that's but then, right. But then they would they, say, but they, they didn't, didn't take, take down, down the high, high places. places. <laughs> okay. They were like, yeah, but they still sacrificed up in the groves on the top of the mountains. Yeah. We're in a place in America where we, a lot of the great, a lot of great patriots have repented of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you haven't repented of using the fake, fake fiat dollars. Right. And when it comes to things like slavery, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, certainly there is. You can speak out about it. Right. You can stand up for people. 
you can run the underground railroad okay so when it comes to the fake fiat dollars you have to be adamantly against them okay you got to remove yourself from that system when um you know we live in cincinnati and harriet beecher stowe was from this side of the ohio side she had never seen a slave be, be put on the auction block and she went over to kentucky right over the river mm -hmm. and she saw it and she's like now i gotta do something oh lord have mercy what do i do okay and then god gave her a book yeah God, God, the Uncle Tong's cabin was inspired by God. Yes. And between her, and many people don't know about her brother, Harry, uh, or um, Warren. Lyman, Lyman Beecher Stowe. I knew it was close. Okay. He was a crazy preacher against slavery. You guys, have you heard of Beecher's rifles? He actually sent rifles to the Kansas-Missouri fight to help the... Um, Oh gosh, I can't remember what was the Kansans. Trying to the tell his history without your nose. It was I don't know what was the Kansans, the Kansans or the Missourians that were against slavery. Well, he was sending the guns to the right guys so they could fight against slavery, like okay. literal fight. Okay, so he goes and he meets with Abraham Lincoln, and so does Harry Beecher Stowe. And what does Lincoln say? Is this the little woman that started the Great War? Yes. It was her book, basically, that got people on the side to fight. Okay, we got to fight for And this. you know what Jim Caviezel said? Um, if you guys missed our show on Friday, go back and watch it. The Sound of Freedom that's coming out, they're trying to sell pre-sell 2 million tickets for this. Yeah, go buy some tickets he early. He was like, listen, once you know, then now what are you going to do about it? Because yeah. if we had had a film that was going to go this wide... Uh, during about World Hitler, War II, about Hitler, it would have changed everything. Exactly. So, and I think you could say the same exact thing mm -hmm. for slavery. And if you understood, Once you know. if you understood that that all these fake fiat dollars are causing all most of what we see in the past 100 years, Leah, we haven't had, we've had evil. Yes, we've had different kinds of evil. Okay, and our founding fathers put put a stopgap for a certain kind of evil. That went berserko, okay? So we need to pray. We need to ask God for strategies. Mm. Pray for your farm. Pray for your, pray for God to give you animals and be ready for it. Yeah. Okay? Salty Mama says, I'm learning from PG. Yes, um, for my family to repent of fiat dollars. I love that. That's my Rob says, amen. We must remove the strongholds and demonic principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and also replace the kings, presidents, and governmental officials with skilled and knowledgeable Holy Spirit-filled believers. Exactly. Amen. So you have to first know what to repent of, right? Yes. And when you know what to repent of, repent of sending your kids to public school. Uh-oh. Okay? And sometimes to repent just means to turn the other way. It doesn't mean you... Repent you... literally means to stop going one direction and turn around and go the other direction. It doesn't mean feel bad. Right. I'm dead so sorry. Okay. Although it does, I mean, the Bible does talk about repenting with rend, sorrow in well, your heart. You know, rend your garments, you yeah. filthy sinners. Yeah. You filthy. You filthy sinners. Beecher's right. Bibles were real guns. So people called the guns Beecher's Bibles. That's Beecher right. was Harriet Beecher brother, Harriet Beecher's brother, preacher against slavery. Thank you, Patriot Gallery mom, for putting that in there. Oh, that was mom. She also says, in 1911, 1912, 1913, England, or the Committee of the 300, the Venetians, took over the Federal Reserve, controlling all the money outside the Constitution. Mm. We the people coined gold and silver coins only. Article 1, Section 10. Mom watched a, a documentary last night on the... 300 Venetians. There you go. All right. God, I just thank you so much for the people listening. I pray you fill them with the Holy Ghost. I pray that you give them all the tools and the weapons that they need to tear down the high places. I thank you, Father God, that uh, 
Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Everybody's going to yes, wake up. Lord. And they're going to, oh, or today, if they're watching it back on Sunday, and they're going to have the dreams and the visions inside of them on how that they can be part of bringing forth your kingdom. I pray for everybody's family right now. I pray that their marriages will be healed. I pray that their kids will be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray for yes. love to abound in your homes. I pray for angels to surround every single person listening right now, wherever they go. I bind and gag Satan from attacking their minds. I bind and gag Satan from attacking their finances. I bind and gag Satan from attacking um, their children right now. I just, I just speak a, a loosening of your children from Come any on. demonic strongholds, pornography, uh, the, the satanic music, the desire to, to go down that evil path. And I just pray, Father God, that you bring these families together in close uh, close range and close proximity with the Holy Spirit. I pray for families that are, are struggling financially right now, that you bless them coming in, that you bless them coming out, that they have financial uh, uh, victory right now in Jesus' name, that you give them um, tools and ideas on how mm. to start businesses right now that are going to be honoring to you and honoring to their fellow man. I pray that we would all be able to conduct honest business where we treat each other with dignity and respect. Yes, Where Lord. we're able to pay people with a, with a monetary exchange that says, I love you and God loves you and God values you and I value you too. I thank you, Father God, that all these weapons that are formed, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I thank you, Father God, that each and every person, whether you're listening right now in England, whether you're listening in Scotland or Ireland or Australia, that your country right now, every single nation right now, we pray a hedge of protection over the believers. I pray that yeah. you release an anointing Amen. and a revival of repentance of, of the blood of Jesus right now and the gospel will begin to spread. We pray for our brothers and sisters in China right now. I thank you, Father God, that they, I know that those Chinese brothers and sisters are praying for us, that they're praying yes. that the U.S. system wow. falls, Amen. and we are praying for you that the communist system falls. Wow. We are going to lift on. each other up in the spirit. I'm going to just pray that you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that you are protected, that there's not going to be one Chinese Christian that's going to have to go to prison. But I thank you, Father God, that you're going to imprison those who imprison Christians. Wow. I thank you, Father God, that they're going to minister to those uh, who are trying to, to jail them or shut them up or take their land or take their property. And I pray that you loose land and property for those in China, mm, Father God, mm, that are mm. stuck in the inner cities. There's so much land in wow, China. There's yes. no reason for anybody to be stuck in an inner city in China. I pray, Father God, that you loose them so they can grow rice or grow uh, whatever it is that you want them to grow. And I thank you, Father God, that you're going to stop the, the, these mechanisms out there that are just destroying your planet and that you destroy those who destroy your planet and you raise up those to the places of kings and priests who are going to honor the, the, the giftings that you've given to each human being. They're going to honor the giftings and callings of creation. There are giftings and callings to each creature. There's Amen. giftings and wow. callings to Amen. each plant. And we honor you, God, and we honor your creation because you are creation. Yes. You wow. are the creation. When we look at creation, we are looking at the very hand of God. We're looking at Jesus Christ in the trees. We're looking at, we do not worship them, but you are the creator. We are seeing your hand. the reflection of you. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. And you breathe forth your word and you breathe forth creation. Creation is a reflection of the almighty. And may we honor creation in humans and animals in the plants, in the soil. And I thank you, Father God, that you have redeemed us back to that Eden state. Amen. And may we honor that in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you guys, where are you going to be Monday night, 7 p.m.?
until King and Roundtable, at which case then you can go over there at 8. But at 7 p.m., we're going to be on with David Hevner. I think it's um, just just find him on YouTube. I will be sharing that link out all day on Monday. Sell so it. find us. Hevener. It's literally like heaven Er. David Heaven Earth. It's spelled. That's exactly how it's spelled. Um, but he does have a YouTube channel. But I will be sharing it out. So just check all of our platforms and click on the link there to join us from seven to eight p.m. We're going to be on with David Heavener. Very excited about that. And then don't forget Kingdom Roundtable at eight p.m. immediately right after that. So your week is already set. And then on Wednesday, where are you going to be, Leah? You're going to be here because we're going to go into Daniel's seventy weeks, and you won't want to miss that. Absolutely. Okay, guys, we love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, do we have any ads we need to tell them about at the end of the at the end of the show? The show? I mean, Organic kinda... body essentials. Organic body essentials. Vicky you know, I, Vitale. You know, Leah, I had somebody leave a comment. Yeah. Um, because we've been advertising, we use the turpins, the CBD turpins. Yeah. For organic body essentials. Yeah. Um. It's organicbodyessentials.com. Use promo code RC. So this is the Extreme Face Serum, um, or, or Extreme Face Cream Day and Night. The serum I use on my eyes right here. However, we are very much, and I can't stress how much we are against marijuana. Marijuana. And against all recreational drugs. Okay? I don't, I actually don't even, and y'all can hate me on this, I don't even believe in marijuana for medical use. I, I'm a, I'm on the fence there, okay, and but I'm you leaning don't towards need not. It. There's you can do med how so so that being said, this person was disappointed that we were advertising for um, the turpins. There's no getting high with the CBD oil. There's nothing. There's literally you don't actually feel anything. It's not. It's completely different. And yeah. I had to come to grips with that mm -hmm. because I was against CBD oil for a very long time just because I'm against marijuana. Yeah. Okay, but. I have hip issues mm -hmm. because I broke my ankle when I was 14, so it's kind of traveled up there. So you could take a leave, which I could. Really you could help. take drugs, or you could take something that God created. Yeah. All right. Now we can discuss marijuana all day long if you want, but to me, this is a completely separate issue. Completely separate. If it doesn't, if if a plant from God doesn't have negative ramifications and it doesn't cause you to hallucinate, it's not a hallucinogenic. I got a problem with it. God doesn't have a problem with it. He put so, it there. There you go. You just oh. got to use it the right way. All right. Um, thank you. Rob Allen says, CBD has no THC. And I think that is what you mean with the hallucinogenic. Yeah. Right? Um, amen. I'll tune in, says Rob Allen. You'll be tuning into the Kingdom Roundtable that you were on last week. <laughs> tuning into the Revelation Red Pill. You could just come on Revelation Red Pill this Wednesday if you want to talk about Daniel's 70 weeks. Um, Rob Allen, you're welcome to come anytime. So anyway, my point is, it's totally different, and it really works. It really does. Like, it literally has transformed my o -E. life. And it's not something you have to continue to take, which is different than marijuana. Right? Yeah. I, use the, I use the tincture, and I'll use it for like a week or so, and then I don't need it for three or four weeks. And I haven't actually needed it for, I don't even remember the last time I took it. Right? So I'm just saying it's worth it, guys. OBE.organicbodyessentials.com or organicbodyessentials.com. Use promo code RC. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. And we will catch you guys Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. I mean, you can't get enough of us, right? Keep tuning in. All right, guys. We'll see you next time.
time is cold, I'm alone.